Module 3, Lesson 2. Is Sugar Addictive? One of the many reasons people talk so negatively about sugar is a belief that sugar is addictive. In their minds, sugar is the new cocaine that needs to be avoided, banned and withdrawn from 100% as though it were an addictive drug. But is sugar really addictive? Numerous studies suggest that sugar, the substance itself, is not addictive. If sugar, the substance itself, were addictive, people would see addiction-like behaviour, craving, withdrawal, etc., when eating table sugar or drinking sugary water. You can try this for yourself. Get a bag of table sugar. Eat a spoonful. Assess how rewarding and pleasurable you find eating that spoonful of table sugar and how motivated you are to eat another spoonful and another spoonful. Now, my guess is that you won't find eating that spoonful of table sugar that rewarding or pleasurable at all, nor will you feel any motivation to eat another spoonful. However, now perform the same experiment, but add that spoonful of sugar to a spoonful of cream. Mix it together and then eat it. Again, assess how rewarding and pleasurable you find eating that combination of sugar plus cream and how motivated you are to eat another spoonful and another spoonful. This time, you will find eating that spoonful of sugar plus cream much more rewarding and much more pleasurable. And you may well feel motivated to have another spoonful and another spoonful, finding it harder to control. Next, I want you to perform the same experiment, adding a spoonful of sugar to a spoonful of cream. Except this time, do it after a week of restricting your sugar intake from all food sources. Again, Assess how rewarding and pleasurable you find eating that combination of sugar plus cream and how motivated you are to eat another spoonful and another spoonful. This time, don't be surprised if you struggle to stop eating it or even completely lose control and binge on it. There are three things we've learned here. One, sugar itself isn't addictive. Two, sugar combined with other foods is slightly addictive. Three, sugar combined with other foods that is eaten when sugar supplies are restricted is very addictive. The difference here is subtle but very important. It's making the mental shift and the shift in language from sugar is addictive to highly palatable foods that contain sugar are addictive and become increasingly addictive the more I attempt to restrict them. So instead of calling it sugar addiction, something that stigmatizes all sources of sugar and even sources of sugar that clearly aren't addictive like fresh fruit, a better, more helpful description is to call it highly palatable processed food addiction which describes the kind of foods that we are actually far more likely to become addicted to, especially when we restrict them.
What we're getting closer to here is an understanding of how the natural sugars contained in whole foods aren't very addictive at all. But the processed sugars contained in more processed foods are a lot more addictive, especially when those processed foods have been engineered by the food industry to be hyperpalatable, and especially when our slimming club has banned us from eating those foods. In short, dieting increases our highly palatable processed food addiction. So the more we diet, the more likely we'll find ourselves wanting, craving and binging on highly palatable processed foods. You know this already. Your biggest, most out-of-control binges on the most highly palatable processed foods almost always occur after a period of dieting and restriction. Therefore, falling off the track, in inverted commas, is really highly palatable processed food addiction in action. I remember one client of mine who had just done six months of lighter life, a severely restrictive, very low-calorie meal replacement diet. Over that six-month period, she had lost eight stone, but during that time, she hadn't eaten a single solid food, let alone a highly palatable processed food. I remember her telling me how she went to Luton Airport, and before she got on the plane, she completely lost control. She had one bag of crisps, and the flavour texture and reward of those crisps, the palatability of those crisps, was mind-blowing, just like a drug. So she bought another three packs and binged on them, then another three packs and binged on them. And she had to keep moving to different shops to hide her shame of not being able to stop buying and binging on crisps. This continued onto the plane where she bought and binged on more crisps. And this continued on our holiday, where she bought and binged on more crisps. Suddenly, crisps had become her cocaine. Not sugar, crisps. A highly palatable, processed food. She would go on to regain that eight stone and more. And what drove that weight gain was, you guessed it, her newfound addiction to eating crisps. But remember language. Remember the importance of language. Remember how language influences our relationship with ourselves and with food and how we then behave around and eat food. Was she really addicted to eating crisps? Something that becomes a huge source of shame that then plays into her addiction? Or was she compelled to eat crisps by an ancient part of her brain helping her survive the starvation created by her life-threatening diet. For her, learning how to reframe her language around addiction from I'm addicted to crisps to I'm survival eating crisps actually helped to turn the volume down on her addiction. This is where more self-compassionate language around addictive eating behaviour can actually help us better manage our eating addiction. Don't let the shame of addiction exacerbate it. That's lesson two, team. And the key take home from this one is that I don't believe 
that sugar is addictive. You're going to hear a lot of people out there, a lot of experts out there say, yes, sugar is absolutely addictive. It's cocaine. But I've looked at the science. I've looked at the research. I've never seen any solid research that says sugar is addictive, nor have I observed anyone of my clients eating pure sugar in an addictive-like way. But I've seen lots of my clients develop an addiction to highly palatable, highly processed foods that contain sugar and some that don't contain sugar, some that contain sweeteners. So there's something about highly palatable, highly processed food that is addictive more so than sugar. We're going to explore this a lot more in the next post, in the coming posts. But as I say, if you can reframe it from I have a sugar addiction, which is stigmatizing all sugar, to I am more likely to become addicted to highly palatable, highly processed foods if I overly restrict them. That's a much more helpful perspective.